wanted to talk to y'all about what I believe is probably one of the like most subtle, sinister struggles that the next generation especially is kind of encountering, but we don't treat it like it's that big of a deal. Um, it's something that it's probably even happened for you today. It's definitely happened for you this week. But we just treat it like it's just a part of life. It's something that's just going to happen. And that thing is comparison. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever had a really good day, and then you go on social media and realize, oh, man, people had a better day. And all of a sudden, it takes away or robs you of your day. Uh, in fact, uh, there's a quote by Craig Groeschel. He says, one of the fastest ways to ruin a good thing is to compare it to something else to compare it to someone else. Um, I don't know for you what comparison looks like or what triggers comparison. It might be a theme. Um, like, you know, whenever you want something in life, and we all go through seasons where it's like, man, I'm saving up for this, or I really wish this, or I'm working out more so I can look like this, or I'm eating better, or I, I want these kind of clothes, or you guys know what I'm saying. Like, we're seasons. Like, you guys know what is that thing you're saving up for and you want. Have you noticed that whenever you want something, you notice everybody else who has that thing? There's, what, what is the word? It's like something like reticular, reticular activated system. It's like once, once I wanted a, a car and I saw that car more, I was like, oh, I thought I was going to be different by having this car. And now I see everyone already has this car. I just never saw it until you want that. Um, or there was a point I didn't have a beard, and I, for years, didn't have a beard. It's, I guess, just part of life for kids. Um, and so <laughs> I got to the point, like, I think I'm going to try to grow it out. And when you're a man, uh, <laughs> or maybe a woman, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be non-inclusive. So um, <laughs> can women grow beards? Um, anyway, let's not even go there. Um, I, I, like, I think I'm going to commit, and I didn't know if it really would get full, though. So I needed to know, could I really do this? What kind did I want to do? And I started just seeing, I just remember this was the first time I noticed, I was like, I'm just think, seeing guys' beards all the time. Like, I see it. I never even noticed my friends, all my friends have beards until I wanted to grow one. You guys get what I'm saying? Like, uh, well, you guys know what that thing is for you. You see it. And um, it can trigger comparison, and it can create all this, like, oh, I don't have this, I don't have this. And what I have found and how I define comparison is uh, at the root of comparison, this would be my, my quick definition, is that at the root of comparison is the belief that you're not getting what you deserve and someone else is. So you're not getting what you deserve and somebody else is. And I would go farther. I want to emphasize a word, and I, I, I'm telling you, if you get anything even from this, message is pay attention to the word deserve in your life. When do you feel like you deserve? Because I think and I've found, especially if I've started assessing that word and that feeling in my life, I've probably never justified so much bad behavior as when I think I deserve something. I've never justified, uh, oh, well, because this, or even uh, we have kids in our home now, and whenever I say, why did you do that? Like, why did you do that or why would you shout like that or why would you hit her or why would you hit him and they'll always say like well because and it's usually I promise you from kids to even as grown-ups well might not say it out loud but it's because we felt like we deserved we that deserve word is really important and um, I just want to also reframe that for us as Christians is we don't want to get what we deserve in fact we gave up what we deserve at the cross of Christ. 
Now, if you chased your own way, and if you're someone who finds yourself in the family of faith, that means that there was a time when you decided your way, your desires, and your plan. And if you came to Christ, that means you hit a, you hit a, a road bump. You hit a wall, in fact. And you said, I don't want my way anymore. My way is not leading to peace. My way is not leading to joy. My not, way is not leading to true contentment. And so I don't want what I deserve. In fact, the cross is the, the story of God coming down and giving his righteousness in exchange for our sinfulness so that we don't get what we deserve. So I would ask you, there's a verse in Galatians where, where Paul says, who bewitched you or who fooled you into thinking that now you once again want what you deserve? If you, if you don't want what you deserve before Christ, we don't want what we deserve after. We want to continue to surrender and say, God, not am I where I thought I'd be or am I getting what I deserve? The question is, am I faithful today, God, and what is your plan? What is your plan today, and how can I be faithful to that? He's looking for the hearts of those who are invested in him. And so um, what I found this story, and I think of who thought he deserved something, and I look at a scripture. You guys know the David and Goliath story. Um, David, little bro, little boy, uh, facing big Goliath. He slingshots the guy. Uh, you guys heard it, right? You've seen it on the cartoons and VeggieTales and all of it. So um, it's great. It's a great story. But afterwards, they don't usually tell the end of the story. Um, it, afterwards, they're coming back to Jerusalem, and David and Saul just had a great experience where there's a huge victory. And like I said, one of the fastest ways to ruin something good is to compare it to something else. And as they enter into Jerusalem, there's women singing these songs saying, David has slayed his thousands, and so, sorry, uh, Saul has sl slayed his thousands, and David has slayed his tens of thousands. And this bothers Saul. It angers Saul. I, I like to, if I got to know Saul, I was like, bro, you got girls singing songs for you. I don't even got that. Like, you want to compare, man? I should, but no one, I've, my wife doesn't sing song for me when I come home. Like, I'm not even got one girl singing one song. You got thousands. And I think the equivalent to this, what angered uh, Saul was this whole idea of uh, they have, it said that Saul was very angry, and this saying displeased him. He said, they have ascribed to David 10,000, and to me they have ascribed thousands. What more can he have but the kingdom? Have you ever felt like you're like, man, they got 10,000 followers, and I've only got 1,000? We're only got 100. This is a, the new version of it today as we're looking at what they have. And again, he thought, what did he deserve? He thought he deserved the kingdom. I would tell Saul, bro, it's not your kingdom. I would even tell you, it's, it's not your life. Like you surrendered it to God because you trusted he was wiser. He is good. That's important. You, if you don't think he's good, this isn't going to work. Like, if you don't think he's a good God, if you don't think he's a powerful God, then I could get where you're like, vice grip, we want control to, to make sure what we want happens. But if you believe he's good, and if you believe he's powerful, and he's wiser than you, like, he wants better for you than you even want for yourself. If you believe that, then you could pray, I would say, one of the scariest prayers ever. I, I dare you. If there's something you're thinking through right now, and, and processing, and navigating, and you're like, I don't know if I do this or this or that. Um, and you got, or should I do this? 
One of the scariest prayers you can do, but one of the best prayers I think you can do, only if it hinges on you actually think he's good, you actually think he's powerful, you actually think he wants your best, better than you even realize what your best is. Like a parent knows for a child what is actually what they need, not just what they want in the child just thinking at that time. If you want that, the prayer is simply this, bless or block. Some of you guys dating someone or thinking about dating someone, bless God or block. Like, if this is what you want from me, God, would you bless it in such a way that it's so obvious this is it? Like, your hands, your fingerprints are all over it. Or, God, I'm, I'm willing and I trust you enough, block it in such a way that if it's not of you, make it so clear. Your fingerprints are all over it that I just can't deny you have blocked it or you blessed it because I don't want to waste a second more of this life where I tried my way. I want to do what you think I deserve. And you have always had bigger vision for me than I've had for myself. And so will you bless it? Or will you block it? You know, with Saul, he comes back and he's bothered. He thought, hey, what will he take but the kingdom? And this is so scary because we do this all the time. And it said that Saul, from that point on, it said, and Saul eyed David from that day on. So he has a good, this, this literally, even how many millions and now billions of unbelievers know the David and Goliath story? They know this story. Victoria's story, probably they use it as an example of when something small or underdog defeats a big thing, a miracle type situation. We know that story, and he had that big of a story happen. It's his story, but he compared it to someone else, and it said from that day on, he's eyeing David. Who are you eyeing? What are you eyeing? Because I know a story where Peter's walking on water when he puts his eyes on Christ. Again, performing and getting to experience a miracle. And then he takes his eyes off Jesus, and all of a sudden he starts sinking. There is no limit to what we can do when our eyes are on Christ. And it's pretty sad what can happen once we take our eyes off. In fact, this is the scariest, scariest part. The next verse says, And the next day a harmful spirit from God rushed upon Saul. (laughs) Y'all, from God. Like, he gave this a place in his heart and allowed himself to eye David so much that it eventually became harmful. And so, here who wants a harmful spirit? Anyone? I don't want it. I saw that. I'm like, God, please, what am I comparing myself to? Okay, you know, I used to, one of my things today is there's certain people that can eat whatever the heck they want and nothing happens to their body. I compare myself sometimes like, God, why can't I have that kind of body? Like, you know, that can eat pizza and it becomes abs. Like, there are people like that. And I, I kind of get mad. I was like, that's not fair, God. Like, and I have to remember, God's like, but I made you so naturally gifted in all these other areas. I'm like, but, uh, God, I would have traded some of these. Like, I'm good at... I'm, at, I'm good at Super Smash Brothers. I'd rather have apps. Like, I want that one. And we're just, like, arguing with them why this or why that. And I don't want a harmful spirit, though. I don't want my focus on something or someone else. Um, so who's down? I'm going to pray. But who's down? Like, hey, I don't want this ride. I want off this ride. Can you give me some practical things? What do we do to get off here? Anyone? All right, let's do it. Let's pray and let's see how can we how can we turn this around? How can we not just manage comparison or accept comparison, but kill it? Because there's this quote, a th- comparison is the thief of all joy. Have you guys all seen it's cute on Pinterest often often? It's like comparison is a thief of all joy. 
Benjamin Franklin, of all people. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about comparison being a thief. Um, so let's pray. God, thank you for Way. Thank you for the people here. Um, I pray for each person here. Holy Spirit, would you identify what is, what is it that the enemy uses to trigger comparison in their heart or in their mind? God, I pray that you'd give them a vigilant spirit towards it, not an acceptance. We don't want to manage it. We want to kill it. We do not want one thing to get in the way of our relationship, our intimacy, our anointing, our peace. How many things we are not getting to offer the world because we are so focused on something else. We're distracted to things, even maybe devoted to things that are far from you. Forgive us, God, when we stray, when our foot goes to the right or to the left, would you align us back to your path? And lastly, anything the enemy has on us, anything that half-truth, lie, foothold, would you dislodge it in the name of the Holy Spirit? In the name of Jesus, God, would you do that? In Jesus' name, amen. Random question. <laughs> Have any of you guys ever been robbed before? You raise your hand quickly. What was taken from you? Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm pretty interactive. Sometimes I feel like I should have been a stand-up comedian, but I loved God. So I do this with a little bit of jokes. Um, what did you get robbed of? And you got to speak loud. It was twice. It was when I moved to Hungary. Like, right away. Once you Okay. You know it was the same people? No, I don't Okay. Okay. Your friend's purse. Okay. Okay. Anyone, um, and, but real quick, if, uh, if we can get me a clock in the back of the countdown. Um, anyone else, anyone had something stolen over like $1,000? You? Speak loud, speak loud. My car was stolen. Was it over a $1,000 car? <laughs> it could not be. I don't want to assume. Not in 2023. Belmont parking garage. Dang, so it was inside. You just scared a quarter of the room, like... You just scared the, clearly Belmont, the front row is Belmont. Um, that's good to know. Um, all right. Gosh, then I don't even know. I want to give y'all hope. I don't know. Just, uh, yeah. And was it like tires off and everything? <laughs> okay. So you got your car back and some drugs. That, hey, look at the, God works in mysterious ways. Like. That's crazy. That's crazy. I didn't. That's crazy. Um, anyone else been robbed? And here's why I d distinguish. Anyone been robbed? Like you're, you got to experience. A lot of us. What stuck, What stinks about ro being robbed is, it's like such a violation. It's such a like feeling, and often it's something that already happened. You find out about, it and you can't do anything about. And it's the worst. And often we'll try to prepare differently because I'm like, I'm never letting this happen again. But anyone been robbed? You're like. They are there's someone outside or someone trying to get in who's trying to rob me right now. Anyone have that? You do? Speak loudly if you can. You would consistently see someone outside. Okay, one night. And they robbed you. How old were you? So you told them they didn't believe you. You wake up in the morning, you were robbed. Yeah. Did you say what I told you so? Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, that's that, that's crazy. That, like, I've never heard that that story of like, no, I try to tell y'all, like, um, y'all. So I lived in Dallas probably probably about this was about eight years ago, uh, maybe ten years ago. I was just uh, we were in college. I me and two roommates moved into a, one of the it was the worst neighborhood zip code uh, crime wise in the Dallas area. It was to help a church plant in an urban community and really bring redemption. The whole mission was like local missions, live in the neighborhood, move in, and, like, bring redemption. And so our parents weren't the biggest fans. I was like, but God, we're doing it for Jesus. And they're like, can you do it for Jesus, like, at a safer place? Like, um, but we moved there, and it was pretty sketchy. A lot of crime did happen. And we lived in one of those apartments. You know how apartments have the balcony, and it's basically just enough room to you to sit down and, like, usually look at a parking lot it's not even a view of anything like that's college level budget and so I add one of those except it's even worse when you live in the balcony and the balcony's on the first floor so I don't even know what that's called but it's a they feel like they owe you that space because everyone else got it so we had the first floor little area where they put like a grill in one chair or our bikes and all that to say the one benefit is when you have the first floor one you can you can kind of enter in and out because they'll sometimes put a door. You guys know what I'm saying? And so we went out. Then sometimes we park and come in. Well, one night, 2 a.m. in the morning, it's dark. My roommates had just gone to bed. And I'm still watching the end of this movie. And I start hearing something outside the window. And it's basically like a squeaking sound. It was like, and I'm like, what is that sound? I did not know what it was. So I, like we do, sometimes we'll just like open the open the blinds, but like, and we don't want to be seen. So it was like looking like, what is it? And I'm seeing, and I see someone who looks homeless, um, look not dressed the nicest, but I don't want to be judgmental. Um, I, I, I've seen the way Kanye West dresses and sometimes, or Justin Bieber even these days, I'm like, dude, these guys are multi-millionaires and they dress homeless looking. And so I'm not judging. So they get, this multi-millionaire potentially gets into his car He's about to get into his car and open his door. He gets off. Basically, he's riding a bike, stops the bike in front of the house, uh, apartment, gets into his car. But for whatever reason, the door to the, his car wasn't working. And so he then tries to get into his second car. And that was when I got confirmed. This guy is a multimillionaire because <laughs> he's trying to get into the second car. And what was crazy is even that, I do not know why. It was 2 a.m., so I want to give him grace and not judge. And so he then tried to get into his third car. I'm like, bro, you forgot the keys for all your cars. That's, like, crazy. And then it was the fourth car. And this time, I'm like, wait a minute. Four cars. But it was really because it was my best friend's car. I'm like, that's not his car. And, again, I told you all, I don't know, and you might not know what you do when you get robbed. I didn't know what I would do when I get robbed, but it was on that day I found out what does Grant do when he's about to get robbed. And I want to just preface this. Don't judge. Don't judge me. You don't know you were in this situation. And, and it was very fast. So this is what I did. I, one, got to know context. This really matters. It's unfortunate. But I was in my boxers. And I don't have time. Time is important in this. So I, I have to rush out. I take the blanket off. And I open the sliding door, and I, as swiftly but quietly as I can, I run out. And I'm thinking, I mean, I'm processing all the things that could happen. Am I, like, is this, am I going to get into a fight? Am I going to, but this is what, I, I won't even say the Holy Spirit gave me, maybe, is I grabbed his bike, and as 
hard as I can without him seeing, because he's about over there that, trying to check his fifth car, is that I slam it to the ground and I shout. Again, I got to make up for I'm wearing boxers, so I want shock and awe, crash sound, and then I shout, hey, get out of here. And then I shout, yo, wake up, we're getting robbed. And I, I want him to know, I, yeah, I might be in my boxers. Again, I can't help that. I wish I could. But, and, and I do have tattoos, though, so that I thought would help a little bit. Then I, I smash the bike, so I'm wanting, like, oh, what the heck? I've been caught. And then shout. This guy's got a scary voice, and he's got friends coming. Wake up. I'm getting robbed. And now it's the moment. Am I going to die? Am I going to fight? What kind of fight is this going to be? Am I going to have to fight a man with a knife? Am I going to have to fight a man? I'm not even going to try to fight a man with a gun. I'm going to run. Um, thank God he ran. <laughs> so he runs off. And kind of like your story it was cool. God has, works in mysterious ways. I thought I was going to get robbed that night. Instead, I ended up with a bike. <laughs> you ended up with drugs. I don't know what you did with that. I, I, I used that bike. <laughs> so here is what I want. Here's my point. We treat Satan in comparison like it's just a part of life. Comparison is just what happens. It's a bad habit, like eating late at night, biting our nails. Everyone does it. Everyone has to experience it. It's just what happens on this side of heaven until Jesus comes back. And I'm here to tell you there is someone who's trying to steal, who's trying to kill, and who's trying to destroy, and I don't want us to treat him like this is a bad habit. I want you to treat comparison like it's a cancer to your soul, to your peace, to your intimacy with God, to your anointing, and there are dozens, maybe hundreds, and maybe thousands of people that would receive your help through the Spirit in you if you were not having your eyes on something or someone else, but actually on Jesus so he could say, this is my mission for you. And here's what I found. If you want to know uh, what we wouldn't do with the robber, why would we do it with um, why would we do it with Satan or the enemy or with comparison? Because I know if a robber was trying to break into my home, I wouldn't do this. So th- why would I do it with comparison? Like I wouldn't say with comparison. I shouldn't say, hey, you you wouldn't let a robber in as long as he didn't cause too much trouble. But we do that with comparison. We wouldn't let a robber in and say, uh, you, but we do this with comparison, is you wouldn't just accept, hey, everyone gets robbed. This is my time to get robbed. Um, <laughs> comparison, it's just everyone happens. But we do different mindset. One, we're treating like a bad habit. I want you to treat it like the enemy. I want you to treat it like a true robber. If comparison is a thief of all joy, I think that's part of, it's got to be a posture shift towards this is the enemy. You, you wouldn't give him the master bedroom and let him stay permanently. He's like, hey, man, you can have the master bedroom of my mind. We would never do that with a robber, but we do that with, with the enemy. It's like, this is my mind, and yeah, sure, you can just, it's your playground at my expense. We wouldn't let him in without a fight, even if it's in our boxers. At the first, I want you to fight. I want you to fight. And so here's the practical things I would tell you to do, and here's what I'm here to tell you today, this morning, is in the same way that I told my friends, wake up. We're getting robbed. I want to tell you that, too. Wake up. You are getting robbed. And if you wouldn't let the enemy rob your home, why would you let Satan rob your mind? Is everyone tired of being like, okay, I get it. It's bad. What do I do? 
let's talk about how we get how we don't give them access to our mind. Um, first is I want to talk about what are some blind spots we have, or they're almost like footholds we're allowing the enemy in. Because if our posture is not towards it as the enemy and just towards a bad habit, and if we have certain kind of mindsets that we can adopt and even live with that gives a pretty, it's almost like giving the enemy keys to our house, giving the enemy keys to our mind. And so I want to go over some blind spots. So, so you know in this part, um, like I said, pretty interactive. I want you to listen and I want you to identify which one of these blind spots are kind of ideas and ideologies that I've kind of fallen into and which one is it the most for you? Like which one kind of has a hold of you or is the most consistent type of thinking you have the most um, and then at the end, I just want you to know, I, I'm going to have us each stand to identify one of those because I'm going to give you a little bit of time to talk to your neighbor. Here's why. It is very hard to heal what is hidden. And all of us can fall into these traps. These are mindsets that we, every single person has one of these that's like, no, that has a, big, a consistent mindset. So I want you to identify which one is one of the most powerful in this season and then we're going to stand, and then at the end of this message, I'm going to give a little bit of time to talk to your neighbor. So one of the mindsets that can be a blind spot is I want people to know my name more than I want people to know God's love. If you want people to know your name more than God's love, it can set you up where you're going to compare yourself to others when their name is known more. Maybe a blind spot is... Um, the second one is I'm looking at what other people are doing more than I'm looking at what God is saying. Whoever has the most compound interest of like who and what your identity is is going to impact you. If you're looking at what other people are doing, uh, social media, then I'm look, more than I'm looking at what God is saying, it's going, one is going to win. You're feeding one or the other. Which, by the way, I do want to say this, though. I, this message is not the demonized social media message. Um, Way before social media was around, comparison was really impacting people. Cain and Abel, it didn't take but one generation until a huge comparison story impacted humanity, not just people, all of history. You could even say maybe Adam and Eve comparing themselves to God. If you eat this, you will be like him. You might even go further back than that and say Satan wanting to be like God. That comparison is a deep-rooted problem. We act like it's a bad habit. As long as it doesn't impact much people, generations of people have been impacted because of comparison. Pharisees to Jesus and his authority. So many of the stories in the Bible are often instigated by comparison. Third one, I find my identity in my work, and then I compare my abilities and opportunities to others. If you find your identity in your work, anyone who gets a little bit easier uh, support or, or risen up or just natural gifting in that same lane of what you want to do, or maybe they just get a lot of blessing, it's going to frustrate you. Um, maybe a blind spot you have right now is the next one um, is you might measure, or, or I'll just say it, the fourth blind spot is I measure my success by how far I still need to go rather than how far God has already brought me. And then fifth is, I'm not satisfied in God being satisfied in me. I think I need God and something else to be happy. So these are six different blind spots I think that the enemy can really give, have a foothold. And again, if you guys would please just join me. I'm going to uh, start, and I'll tell you all which one is mine before, because I'm not going to ask you what I wouldn't do myself. Um, in this season, 
I think it would be probably number three because there's something I'm trying to do and something I'm trying to build specifically that now I notice anyone else that's doing it. I'm like, oh, they have so much more support or budget or this or just, they just, God, why can't I have that same stuff that you're giving them? And because I'm trying to do this work, I see other people that do the same work and I can compare. I want you guys, what we're going to do is I'm going to have each one of you guys stand. Um, Everyone will be standing at the end. So if you're sitting, then that just means you didn't share, okay? Which is okay. I also, that is an option. But I love for us to take just one small step of like, hey, in this season, not forever, not always, definitely not in the future, this is one of the blind spots that I have that probably resonates the most. If you were number one, would you mind standing? It's I want people to uh, to know my name more than I want people to know God's love. Thank you, guys. All right. Keep standing, keep standing. If you're number two, I'm, if this is your blind spot, would you stand? I'm looking at what other people are doing more than I'm looking at what God is saying. Number two, stand. If one of your blind spots or the one that resonates most in this season is number three, I find my identity in my work and then compare my abilities and opportunities to others, would you please stand? And then four, if you, uh, blind spot, I measure my success by how far I still need to go rather than how far God has already brought me. Would you please stand? That's good. And then six, I'm not satisfied in God being satisfied in me. I think I need God and something else to be happy. Would you stand? Awesome. Thank you, guys. You can, can sit down. Thank you all for just, like, being able to share a little bit. I hope that this can be helpful to say, hey, I don't, I don't, I want to remove that, that, that foothold for the enemy. And um, also, I hope that you could look around the room and say, everyone in here is also has these struggles and they have these half truths or these lies that the enemy's going after. So here's my goal in closing is how can I help us take practical steps towards saying, hey, I'm on the the defensive, not uh, in the offensive, sorry, not just the defensive. And here's, Here's what I started thinking is if I think about the enemy almost like a robber who's trying to kill, steal, and destroy, how would I treat a robber in physical? And then maybe how would I treat then this robber spiritually trying to attack me through comparison? And here's what um, I would do spiritually. I thought, you know, first thing I'd probably do is I tried to lock my doors, right? Like if you hear something outside, you would lock your doors. And so we know there's an enemy outside. We're not, we all have an enemy that is after us. And so we want to make sure we lock our doors. Here's the two things I would say is let uh, whatever that theme and or especially even maybe that person that you compare yourself to, let that be a trigger for prayer. Um, it is very hard to dislike someone you consistently pray for. It's very hard. It will soften your heart towards them. I actually think, I want to get to heaven one day. God, did you tell us to pray for our enemies just so we'd actually have compassion on them? Because I pray for them wanting you to change them, thinking you're going to change them more, but all of a sudden I start having a heart for them and patience for them, grace for them. I start thinking, what if I was in their shoes or I'd experience what they experience or what do they need? I pray for that, and all of a sudden I have a softness towards them, and it changed me. And so here's one of the a great way to frustrate the enemy is he's trying to trigger comparison in you and he's triggering prayer in you. He's triggering intimacy with you, security in you. He can no longer use this against you anymore. Uh, 
there was Abraham Lincoln, known to create a lot of reconciliation, he has a quote where he says, one of the best ways to destroy my enemy is to make them my friend. You want to destroy the enemy, you make them your friend. Jesus says, pray for your enemies. The second thing you might do is you might cry for help. You know, I, I said that, hey, wake up. Y'all, we're getting robbed. I, I'm going. It's one of my first things we do is go, hey, is there anyone else in the house who can get me some help, who can get me some support? I don't want to go up against that person alone. And so I shouted out, and that might be for you too, is confess to a friend. Like, there is probably a couple comparisons, whether it's a person or a theme, that you have treated as pretty minor. And maybe at this point it might be minor, but I think if it's consistent, it's not minor. Just want to say that. Like, if it keeps coming up, then it's not minor. That you've never actually shared with anyone else because it feels minor. And I would say share that with someone. I'm going to give that moment at the end here. Um, four, third, sorry, is you may, um, you may call 911. If, if that was really dangerous, you might call a professional. You're like, I want someone who can come in and help. Uh, in the same way, you could share with a mentor. Someone who has more experience than you do is sharing with a mentor, sharing with a pastor, sharing with someone older um, who is further along than you are that you could say, hey, I just want to get some guidance on this. In this season, I have found the enemy is going after this in comparison, but you're past that season or you've done really healthy and well in that season. Can you help me? You guys get this? All right, this one's a little controversial, but luckily I'm in Tennessee. I think I'm good. Some people, I just thought, what would we do? Some people, some of you Tennessee people, you might get a gun, all right? Some of y'all are like, hey, if a robber's in here, I've been waiting for this moment. I could finally use this gun. Like, I've, I, I, have you guys seen, like, whenever there's a, uh, <laughs> so a lot of these homes will put these little, uh, like, signs out front. It's about this tall, and it says, like, something security. And it's like some brand. It's really weird. It doesn't look good. It's, it's kind of a strange thing we've done is we put like Brinkley security in this house. Like robbers are thinking, oh no, it's a Brinkley home. Like, all right, guys, let's go over to the next one. They, they only got like Spectrum. I don't even know the, I don't even know the, the like, I don't even know the brands. I don't think like, maybe, maybe robbers really do know is like, no, nah, that's a pretty good brand. Like, don't go after that home. I, I know I don't, but we'd be advertising our brands but even bigger than that, some Texans, some Tennessee people, I see they'll put a sign up. It's not a brand. It's, a, it's kind of a statement. It says something like, we don't call the cops. We have our own guns. Have you all ever seen that sign? <laughs> this is one of the scariest signs. I would never rob that home. I, I, don't, I don't even want to go in that home without taking my shoes off. Like, I just want to be nice. Like, dude, <laughs> this, that's a certain type. That, again, that's the kind of people waiting on that opportunity. I want us to be a little more like that spiritually towards the enemy, where it's like, I am not only prepared, like, I have, uh, I have a weapon. We don't have a physical weapon. We have a spiritual sword. We have the word of God. And, and it, I know it's like, oh, yeah, I get it, uh, the word of God. When Jesus himself had the enemy going after his mind, after fasting, hey, this, what about this? What about this? He himself had what I would call counter scriptures, counter scriptures to the half lies or the, the, the true half truths or whatever it was. Do you have that? Like, do you have verses that you quote to the enemy? Because you started to see he's, he's not that creative. He's just very consistent. Are you consistent as well? Because what I found is when you 
get a gun, if you will, and you don't know how to use it, it's pretty pointless. Or you've not gone and trained. It's like, what does it matter if you have it, but you've never used it? And I think sometimes we don't have, we have the word of God and we don't even have this ready for that moment. For me, I'll just tell you, mine is Ephesians 4.1. I have noticed, I told you, sometimes I'll see other people's calling, I'll see some other people's success or their work, and I compare myself. So I start feeling this anxiousness. I got to do this, or I got to start this, or I got to move here. And it leads to this anxiety. Um, And what I started quoting years ago with my counter scripture is, walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you have been called. Once I start seeing someone else and they're doing this or doing that, I'm like, I need to do that. I think, man, I just need to actually walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which I have been called. I'm going to walk, not run, definitely not strive. And it's, if that's their calling, I celebrate it. Here, if this is Ephesians 4.1, can I show you all Ephesians 4 dumb? Ephesians 4 dumb is the next verse. Um, this is how I would say it is. It's, if we read it this way, instead of walk in a manner, it's run in a manner worthy of the calling in which your friends have been called. Y'all feel that? Y'all experience that? There is so much kingdom energy and passion that is being wasted on things that we were not called to do. And it leads to striving. I had an older pastor once say, whenever my heart is heavy and my feet are light, it's a sign I am not in the right space right now. My feet are running and striving and racing and trying to find something I can find worth in or value or something, get affirmation, and my heart is now heavy. But when my heart is light and my feet are heavy, they are planted, they are rooted, all of a sudden I have a light heart, heavy feet, and it just feels so different. I want you to have heavy feet and I want you to be able to, sorry, I want you to be able to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you've been called. Okay. Um, The last one is you might simply run. For some of you guys, it might just be, hey, for a season, I need to get off social media. Or for a season, I need to mute this person. Or for a season, I need to step back. Or for a season, I don't think it's ever permanent, but I think, hey, for a season, I might run. If you had someone and it's like, this is just too much right now, trying to get into my home like a robber. Or rob- if, it's like, if it was three people, four people, I'm like, I'm going to get away from I'm a flea. And that might be your option. But I, I want you to do one of these. Like, what's one of these you could do today? Make a step towards it today to have obedience and trying to fight off the enemy, not manage him, not accept him, but kill comparison in your life. And so in closing, y'all, I'd love to give y'all, again, like I said, a moment just for about three minutes to kind of talk to your neighbor. We're going to go back to um, what you kind of shared and say, hey, why is it you think that this has a, a hold on you right now? Or, or why do you think the enemy's going after this? And just being able to talk to your neighbor just for three or four minutes, wh- tell them which one of these and why you think that is. Um, and then if you guys can even be quick on doing that, maybe even pray a little bit, and then the band's going to lead us into worship. Um, and so I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to give you all a moment to, to talk to each other.